Welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I'm Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Well, welcome, like we said, to this episode, but also welcome to you, Jens, because I feel like it's been like six years since we recorded last, <laughs> which doesn't feel right, but also it feels like it's been so long. It How does. You been? Yeah, every, t- every time. It's only like a week or so, but it always feels like an eternity has passed, but um, yeah, have it, it, we've been pretty good. Um, we, I don't know, everything just se- seems so, like mundane and, and normal lately. I mean, there's nothing... Mm super special going on it's the middle of december um uh, it's december 13th so tomorrow is my my father's birthday so if you're listening dad happy birthday um happy birthday it's also his sister's birthday (laughs) who is a listener who's two years older than him so they they share a birthday even though they're two years apart so happy birthday i don't think i've ever met i don't think i've ever met that yeah anybody with that situation that's pretty cool yeah i bet that was a lot of fun as children i'm sure it wasn't <laughs> but it's also funny because i'm pretty sure i remember my parents saying that my my expected due date was also the 14th and i was born on the 6th of december so like oh that would have been crazy if like all three of us yeah. But, but yeah happy birthday amy and dad um but other than that you know uh, work is pretty steady um it was actually on friday it was super slow so we we had a, a mini ping pong tournament which i don't know why we didn't start doing this sooner but it's actually been really nice. Like when you have a stressful week, when you're, I don't know, just feeling kind of on edge and anxious to, to go um, get out of your chair, to, to stand up, to play some ping pong, to get the adrenaline going, get the, you know, the endorphins flowing and all that. So that was, that was actually like a really fun pick me up to end of the day Friday. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been up to. I don't know what, how, what have you been up to? I know school's done and everything. Yeah. Uh, this past week has been... I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know. It I worked very little this past week, which is nice to get to like not have to work at a t- job I don't like, but also I have nothing else going on. <laughs> and so it feels kind of like really should be getting those hours in while I can, you know. Are they just like not the... scheduling you or something? Yeah, there's just it's like a slower time and and with with so listeners who don't know i work at chick-fil-a i don't know if i've ever really mentioned that or whatever but it's a smaller store covid has slowed things down it's even slower than it has been because of like the season or whatever so it's just like things are just trending very slow in terms of business so they've just kind of been like recently been really focused on uh you know i i want to say this politely you know, maximizing their efficiency with regard to labor costs, I guess, would be the, you know, polite bourgeois way of saying that. But um, as a result, I didn't work a ton last week, which is not great for the wallet, but it did mean I got to play a lot of Dragon Quest on the (laughs) Switch and uh, highly recommended. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, other than that, just kind of really... It's a, it's a bit, it's a weird time, you know. A lot of it, I think, there's some stress with like finances and stuff, because, you know, now that I don't have school going on, there's less occupying my mind and my time, so I focus more on that, you know. Um, but it's also a weird time of like, 
not transition, but it just it feels like an in-between kind of time, um, which ties in really well to what we're going to talk about today. But um, mm. as we're, you know, it's the holiday season, but thing, you know, we're still getting used to the new, you know, the new apartment and everything in some ways. And it's not cold and snowy, even though it's December, which it's cold is, and you snowy know, here, <laughs> you know, we spent the last six years in Chicago and Massachusetts, like Christmases are usually white for us. So, mm. um, there, I mean, I, I, maybe that's not it at all anyway, but there's just a lot of like in betweenness I feel right now. Um, that does tie in so well to, kind of, to today's theme. Yeah. And, and I think even like you, you mentioned some things that I think also really connect nicely with that in terms of, you know, you know, whether it's work or, school or whatever else you have going on just that being kind of worn out and anxious and stressed with you know being on edge i think you said which is i think a really whatever is causing that i think is a good way to put it just like um on edge in between maybe you are going through a transition um i think that it's really appropriate to talk about those kinds of things or to notice those kinds of things during this time of year where the church has, you know, kicked off our new year by celebrating and reflecting and identifying the season of Advent, which we are in the midst of today is the, as we record this, it's the third Sunday of Advent. So we're, we're getting, you know, down to the wire in terms of, in terms of Christmas, which is exciting. But, um, something that we wanted to talk about was sort of some thoughts that Advent, I think, stirs up as well as, I think, kind of characterize what Advent really is all about and how Advent, I think, ties into the rest of um, not just life as the church, but just life as God's people throughout all time, throughout all space and time and um, on the individual and the corporate scale. So, um, you know, we didn't really necessarily plan the structure of this conversation so much as just prepared some some thoughts, you know, separately and then kind of wanted to, to reflect on it. So, um, you know, in the season of Advent, as we prepare for Christmas, I think, you know, the theme is kind of anticipation and expectation, right? Um, and that was sort of what sparked this conversation was thinking about those themes, those thoughts, those feelings that every human experiences on you know, probably a daily basis yeah. to some degree. Um, but certainly everybody experiences it in different ways and in, re- in relation to different things. But we really wanted to focus in on that experience of expectation in our um, walk with God. Right. So I don't know if you've got any thoughts you wanted to kind of yeah, kick mean, off with. It's not hard to just take a step back for a moment and recognize that for most of us, if not all of us, uh, 2020 especially has felt like nothing but aching and groaning. Like this whole year, we've, we've kind of joked on, uh, along the way on the podcast, you know, we, we've jabbed at murder hornets and um, COVID and just all the other stuff going on. But, you know, between this pandemic, um, a struggling economy, the isolation of, of quarantine, um, I my, my brother-in-law, um, both of my brother-in-laws um, who are still in grade school, you know, they're doing online school. Um, there's been civil unrest, racial injustice, wildfires, hurricanes, um, a, a noisy election, to put it mildly. Um, 
divisive public discourse. I mean, really like this year, time and time and time again, over and over for a while, it felt like week after week, this year has reminded us of our mortality, um, our, our, uh, our lack of control even, and really our collective brokenness, because uh, as each of us goes out into the world, um, especially in the midst of a pandemic, you can't help but recognize it. You know, we have um, different mandates, you know, whether it was stay at home or, um, you know, the government was shut or the, the economy was shut down for a while or, um, you know, you have local and regional mandates on mask wearing and sanitation. And for you, Lucas, working at a restaurant, I'm sure that, you know, you have your protocols that you follow. Everything that you do right now, especially, is this reminder of like, we are not in control. We, we do not have control of this virus that is, you know, really sweeping the, the globe, not just our nation. Um, this collective brokenness, I guess, in other words, this 2020 especially, has really primed us well, I think, for the ache of Advent, um, specifically the Advent season, as we uh, look back to Christ's first coming and as we look forward to his his second coming. And, and, and as we're going to, I think, go on to say in this conversation, um, and as you've already kind of alluded to, this, this Christian life that we live is one where... I, 2020 is almost like a microcosm of it. Um, you know, throughout church history, you can think of the the many brothers and sisters who have who have ached, who have longed, who have suffered, who have endured, who have um, weathered the storm. And it's 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 something that I think as 21st century Americans we don't recognize all the time um, because we are so um, affluent and and well off, and for the most part, things never really go wrong. And so this, this introduction of a pandemic, of crazy election year, of everything that's really transpired, especially in the American psyche, I think it's revealed something that we're not very comfortable with. And for a lot of people, it, you know, maybe the, the outlet is, you know, yelling on Facebook or, um, you know, turning to unhel- unhealthy substances or whatever it might be. There's all these um, ways in which we cope, in which we wrestle with the reality of living in a fallen world. But as Christians, we know that there is something greater, um, you know, as we long for hope and, and love, um, peace even. Um, I don't know, those are some of my intro- introductory thoughts, I guess. But yeah, it's it, the more that I reflect upon this, the longer that I thought about this this week as we um, sort of anticipated recording this episode, um, I was just really struck by how this year truly has been um, pretty substantial, especially in the American life. And my hope is, as we begin to move forward and beyond this year, that we don't just see it as like a blip or an anomaly of like, oh, that was weird for us, and then just move on as though life, you know, nothing ever happened. But that this truly begins to uh, change and shape our, our, our collective life uh, as American Christian believers, that we'd no longer be, um, you know, so content with, um, you know, with things and with um, comfort and with whatever it is that we are, we are pedestaling. Um, But I think the reality stands that, you know, as we, as we live in this world, we are sojourners, we are longing for um, the world that is to come, longing to be with our Lord. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of what I had to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe if if you're not 
um, someone who necessarily marks the liturgical calendar as closely. Um, maybe this is something that's not, you know, d- discussing Advent in this way might not be as as immediate or apparent, or maybe it is super apparent to you, but Advent really is the season of this longing and expectation that that pushes us to to prepare you know prepare ourselves prepare the way prepare the place um as we we look forward like you said to to christ's return you know and and the the beauty of sort of the the spiritual life especially expressed um you know in community and and liturgically is, is like we're preparing you know i think the i think the the word is like proleptically um like we're we're preparing to celebrate Christmas, the the birth of Christ, His first coming, and in doing so, we're 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 really looking forward to His second coming, as we live in this this in between state where Christ has come um, once and, and He has not yet come again, um, but He will. Um, and and moving through this season of Advent towards Christmas, we we're, we're anticipating that morning of of His birth with with longing with joy as we, you know, joy to the world. We talk about the coming of the king. Um, and that joy ultimately is fulfilled, uh, com- you know, I guess it, it's it's inaugurated with his birth and in the incarnation, and then it's fulfilled at the last day with his second coming. Um, and and that, that, that preparation, expectation, anticipation, these are really helpful words, longing, yearning, um, to kind of capture what we're trying to get at here. Um, and I think something that really helped to put it into focus for me um, is is the 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 collects the the prayers for each um, Sunday of Advent in the in the Book of Common Prayer, lining them up, you know, reading them right next to each other, um, especially next to the Christmas collect, is something that was really helpful for me in just highlighting this anticipatory longing. Um, so on, on the first Sunday of Advent, the collect is sort of a reflection on Christ's first coming and looking and, and, you know, setting our minds to look ahead towards his second coming, um, which it, it really does just sort of summarize Advent, right? And on, on the second Sunday, we're, we're reflecting on the scriptures and specifically this future, quote, blessed hope of everlasting life. So there's this, this hope necessarily means that what we're hoping in is yet to come, right? We we don't we don't hope for what we already have. We we rejoice in what we already have, or we celebrate what we already have, or we you know interact with whoever or whatever we have. Um, but but the scriptures are are given to us to point us to our hope and to give us our hope in our future life. And then um, today, the third Sunday, the collect is a, re- a reflection on. The work of of the prophets and God's ministers of the gospel, preparing um, the people and preparing the way in light of Christ's future coming, um, and then the the final Sunday of Advent, we we call on the Lord, we call on Christ to kind of, you know, almost hasten that coming to come to us to to bring that future hope of His return, that future promise into the present. Um, and then on Christmas Day, this this longing, this this future orientation, kind of shifts, and um, you know the longing for the future, you know, until Christ does actually return, 
the longing's never really gone, I don't think. But it does fade into the background for, for Christmas where the collect emphasizes the Savior who has come to us and given and been given to us um, for our salvation and transformation. So we, we see this movement throughout the, the four weeks of Advent of looking ahead and, you know, I think also looking back on what has been given to us in our forefathers and foremothers in the faith, looking ahead to this, this waiting as we, as we point to and anticipate and hope for um, the coming of the king, the return of the king. Um, and then that is liturgically, you know, fulfilled and celebrated in this sort of climax of Christmas Day where we wake up and, and he's, he's, you know, the child has been born, Christ has come, and we rejoice in the, in the salvation that has come to us and, been, and he who has been given to us. Um, so to me, I kind of see that as like the, the skeleton of this season, maybe. Um, and this anticipation to me has, has really, as I've reflected on it, it's made me realize why I enjoy Advent and Christmas so much. Um, I, you know, it's, it's over the last few years, as I've been involved in more liturgically minded and, and liturgical churches, I've, um, I've, every year I'm just struck by how much I love Advent you know, when, when, when Thanksgiving rolls around and then we show up for the first Sunday of Advent, I'm just always, it, it like, I, I almost never, I, I never really see it coming. And then I'm like, oh, we're here. And then it's just so, such this excitement and this, this like, um, happiness and joy of like recognizing that this season is here where I'm looking ahead to, to Christmas. And, and then that, you know, not to skip over those, those four weeks in between of, this, this anticipation. And the reason that I think it's so important is I, I, I think, and this might be a bold claim, but I think that the anticipation, you know, the expectation that Advent is all about that kind of shapes Advent and that Advent kind of gives to us and reminds us of really is the most, you know, in my notes, I wrote one of the most, but I might even say the most profound and meaningful symbol of the Christ, the, the, the Christian life at large. Um, it seems to me that this one pretty brief liturgical season, I mean, it's only four weeks, you know, like Lent is 40 days. I don't know how many weeks that is. Six, seven. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot longer than Advent, <laughs> uh, especially when you're fasting. But um, this brief season like really is like you, you talked about 2020 kind of being a microcosm. I think I think Advent is almost an annual microcosm of the entire history of, of God's work of redemption in, in, in the world. We, we're participating liturgically in this preparation for the incarnation, as well as, you know, as, as Christians living in the age of the church, where we're simultaneously preparing our hearts um, for his return, you know, to judge the, the quick and the dead. Um, and I just really feel like reflecting on this anticipation and this this uh, expectation of Advent has really made me reflect more deeply on the Christian life and the life of God's people in general, which is why I just I'm always finding more and more significance in Advent and Christmas. And I think, you know, that that's why I wanted to um, take some time to talk about it today. Um, yeah. yeah. I yeah. just, I, I'm reminded th- this week I was really trying to think of like, well, what is it that we are longing for, you know, in the, in the sense of the second coming? Like, I think sometimes we know that Jesus is going to come again, 
But I don't know that we always think about like what that means practically. Like, sure, the the new heavens and the new earth are going to come. Maybe the judgment. Um, but I was I was struck by um, reading Revelation twenty one three through five. Uh, that says, uh, then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God is dwelling with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one who is seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Um, and I think that that really in in as brief and concise as possible that's like one of the best ways to summarize what we look and long for is god dwelling with his people again this is this is what was fractured at the fall when adam and eve um uh, ate of that fruit uh, this 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 intimacy this relationship this um dwelling with his people um apart from the incarnation has been severely lacking all throughout human history i mean that's like the the biggest problem um I guess other than sin, uh, but in 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 Romans eight too, um, or I should say in Romans eight as well, uh, Paul says we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and we too groan in, uh, inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Uh, and he elsewhere says, in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. Uh, he also says, and we live godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and this is the Christian life. This is, I mean, this is what, this is what we have to look forward to. And a book that I've been reading recently, um, it's called Not Home Yet by Ian Smith, I believe. Um, and it's a, it's a short book that Crossway published a couple years ago. And in it, he, he really traces this theme of create, um, creation and recreation and, and talking about how um, this world right now is our home, but it's not our final home. Um, it, it's just a really, I mean, for me, it was a really good book to read during the Advent season as I as I thought about what I have to look forward to, what to be expecting in the, the world to come. Uh, because sometimes I think we, I mean, all you need to do is take a cursory glance at, at Facebook and social media um, when a loved one passes away. And I understand that, you know, that's, that's an awful thing. It's something that I wish was not a reality that we lose our loved ones. But um, to see posts about, you know, like heaven gained another angel um, or, um, you know, things related to that, this, 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 I think, misunderstanding of what life will be beyond the, the life that we have here and now. Because um, we, we don't turn into angels. We don't, we don't become some other beings. Um, we momentarily leave this body that we have um, but to be reunited with it, to have the hope of, of resurrection, to have the hope of uh, the world to come, to, to dwell in the new heavens and the new earth. We're not going to be living up in the clouds um, in some nebulous, like, I don't know, some city up in the clouds, but um, we're going to live on the earth, dwelling with God where we are his people and, and he is our God. Um, and the things that we've known in this life, uh, death, grief, pain, cancer, diabetes, whatever it might be, uh, these things are going to pass away and be no more. And man, what, what else, what, again, especially in 2020, what else is going to point you um, heavenward other than these things of, of great suffering? 
because if things were going well all the time, um, it can be it can be easy to become complacent, to be relaxed, to not think about the things to come. Sometimes those things are a little scary to some people because it's a little, a little murky, a little unknown. Um, but uh, God, being sovereign, being um, all loving, and and knowing all things, ha- ha- can use even these very weird and dark and twisty days to um, point us heavenward, to point us to the reality that is to come as opposed to um, allowing us to just remain in our state. And that, again, that's another theme that I think we see all throughout scripture is God doesn't let his people remain simply where there are, but he acts in human history um, to bring about his purposes and it's all to his glory, um, but it's for the good of his people. And so that's something that I've been thinking a lot about too, is how there's even good in the midst of the difficult days and how we can, um, still have hope and joy even in the midst of difficulty yeah yeah and the that exactly what you're talking about this future hope which is very concrete it's not a mystery i mean it's a mystery but it's not a secret you know what it is that we're looking forward to what it means for jesus to come back to judge the living and the dead for for all things to be uh, renewed and made new, new heavens and new earth. That's that has all been given to us as a very concrete, even if it's something that we can't necessarily conceptualize right now or fully get our head around what that looks like or what that means. That is the actual, you know, when we talk about the hope that has been given to us, we're not talking about. I think this was. I hope this was before we hit record. If not, you know, I'm not purposefully reusing the same cheeky thing, but like. I hope I wake up on Christmas morning and get a PlayStation. I hope, you know, my professor cancels class on Friday. You, you know, that's not what we're talking about when we when we say that we have this hope in the resurrection of Christ, this hope in in the the future second coming of Christ. The hope is a very concrete thing and we are now waiting in that blessed hope of the future. Um that the Christian life is one of hope because we have something real and someone real who's coming back to inaugurate forever that new recreated universe. And that's, that's not new. I think one of the things that really got me excited about just how significant Advent is theologically is recognizing just how I don't even know the word. How how that this is this is not something new for us to think about. This is not something new, you know, even going back to the New Testament, but this is something that has always been true of God and his people and the life of God's people walking with him. And I mean, if you'll indulge me, um this list I'm about to go through took me all of like you know, five minutes of just thinking. I didn't even I didn't even open the Bible to do this. So imagine if I had taken time to walk through with the text actually open in front of me, all that I would have found. But but we see Adam and Eve, the first you know, after receiving the the judgment for their sin, the first thing that they get, even before even before <laughs> the the curses are done, God is has given them a redemption promise that they, I'm sure, spent every day the rest of their lives thinking about when, when, when the seed of the woman is promised to crush the serpent's head. Um, 
that's Genesis 3, <laughs> is, is this promise that God makes to deliver to his people, Adam and Eve, um, redemption, that they would be expecting. Um, well, maybe they thought it would come in their lifetime and, and, and they were waiting for that day. Maybe they thought it would come for their children's lifetime and, and they were waiting, you know, in, in the hope of that. I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. We see from the very beginning, even Adam and Eve are, are, are waiting and hoping for God to uh, fulfill his coming redemption, if we can kind of put it that way, like we are today. Um, we see Abel's blood crying out on God for justice um, after he's killed. And, 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 you know, we can kind of think of this, the, the, the like awful waiting in the face of injustice, you know, like we're waiting for justice to be done. It doesn't happen. Like that's, it's a much darker kind of waiting, I think, but, but we see that Noah, I don't remember, but I didn't, didn't it take like 120 years from the time God told him to build the ark to the time the flood actually started? I don't remember the exact time, but it was a long time. It wasn't like just a couple of days or a couple of years even. Yeah, so years of, of forget waiting in the ark <laughs> while the flood is happening. Forget that. He's waiting for years as he's building the ark, knowing and, and uh, you know, being promised by God this, this terrible judgment that's coming on the world that he knows is coming, that he's just waiting on. Um, and, and then, you know, it does come, and then he's waiting in the ark. And, and you know, like, there's... There's, I'm sure there's a lot more just even in the story of Noah and the flood with, with waiting. But we see Abraham, you know, our forefather, waiting, again, I forget how many years, but he waits years for Isaac to be born. <laughs> you know, and then God tells him to, to, to sacrifice him. You know, he doesn't, but like, just imagine this this up and down, you know. Um, and forget forget just waiting on Isaac to be born. He's also promised in Genesis 12 that his his descendants are going to bless all the families of the earth. That they're going to have this they're going to inhabit this land. Like those are the promises that are given to Abraham that he's waiting on that he doesn't even see. Um but the one he you know the 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 big one that he does see, you know, he he and Sarah are waiting so long they 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 gave up on waiting and tried to work out a solution on their own, you know, and and we see how that worked, but but waiting the, the sons of Israel, the patriarchs, and, and their descendants spent four centuries in bondage in Egypt waiting for their liberator to arrive. Then they waited for four decades wandering in the wilderness. And, you know, like I remember in, in like Bible intro, I think, or maybe like Old, Old Testament survey, like it doesn't take 40 years to walk from Egypt to Israel. <laughs> Um, uh, that's, that's waiting, you know, um, an entire generation passes away because of their sin and, and they, they just, they just wandering. I, I, yeah. Um, you know, Mara waited for who, I don't even know how long to be restored to joy, you know, to kind of regain her, her name of Naomi, um, by, by, by seeing, witnessing her line which was which we'll keep in mind is the line of the Messiah <laughs> to be redeemed. Um, the prophets, all of them, are waiting for, for the future promised Messiah to come, and they're all in some way contributing 
to that preparation, to, to calling on the people to, to, to turn their hearts back to Yahweh and wait on his Messiah. Um, we had 400 years in between the Testaments where, you know, a lot's going on, but in, 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 a, in a deeper sense, history is sort of waiting with it, you know, holding its breath for these 400 years, you know, pun intended, pregnant with the, the yet unfulfilled promises of God until Mary, that, I don't know if it was morning or night, but that day is approached by an angel who announces all of this to all these, like the, 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 just the, the, the highest, you know, miraculous announcement. And then she waits nine months, obviously, expecting in two ways, expecting her God to, to deliver his promises by being delivered from her womb. And then she has to wait 30 years for him to start doing anything. Like I, I, sometimes I forget that part too, but like, you know, we, we get a couple of glimpses into his childhood, um, you know, when he was an infant fleeing to Egypt and then, you know, him in the, in, uh, when they lose him in the temple. Um, but like, so, so obviously, you know, those 30 years aren't like sitting on a couch, like, like life is happening, but think about that. She, you know, yes, she did know because the angel told her what, what her child was. And then he's born and he doesn't start ministering until 30 years, you know, 30 ish years late. Like that's a lot of waiting. You know, we talked about recently, um, Lazarus waited for days dying and then dead and then in the grave which typifies the whole world, you know, after after literally the whole world reacts to him being killed, the whole world waits for three days while Jesus is, is sleeping, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> while he's literally descended into the dead. Um, and as, as we read earlier, creation is still waiting and groaning along with us for redemption to, to come. The martyrs are waiting under the altar in heaven, that that heavenly, perfect sanctuary that Hebrews talks about. Under the altar, we have we have the martyrs, just, just I I don't even know the word for it, but just you know begging God to bring His justice to to redeem them, to um, you know enact what is what is right, and and, and he he tells them to wait just a little while longer. Um, and now we're joined, you know, as we, you know, 2,000 years later are, are coming to, um, to life and, and living, we're joining in in that, 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 that tradition of waiting. We're, 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 we're joining in with all of our ancestors in the faith, waiting for the day when we get to meet our Lord face to face, that, that terrible, magnificent frightening joyful day of the lord when um the, the dead are raised and 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 you know the heavens and the earth are recreated and this these prior things fade away and what is new is is, is eternal and and really you know it it doesn't surprise me that my favorite christmas hymn is come thou long expected jesus which um Every time I hear it, I just get more and more, you know, I, I find more in it to, to value it as we just are, we're waiting, you right. know, and, and, mm. and, and 
like I said, it's nothing new. We've always been waiting. You know, we, yeah. we've been waiting for two thousand years. We've been waiting for four thousand years. We've been waiting for six. That however, however old Adam and Eve were, you know, we're we're we've been waiting for for millennia, and we're going to continue to wait. And maybe it'll be millennia more. Maybe it'll be three seconds more. And it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, what what matters is we we are waiting. And, and this season of Advent is a time where we get to mark a chunk of our of our year a chunk of our time is marked off as like, this is, this is waiting time. We really get to to press into that. And I think that reflecting on it, especially again, in a more liturgical tradition, the Advent is the the beginning of the church year. You know, the, the first Sunday of Advent is, is, is the church new year's day, if you will. Um, to that's how, that's our posture. We start by waiting and longing and expecting that God will fulfill his promises, which he does. And we get to participate in that um, liturgically every every um, Advent, as well as our entire life is one of waiting and preparation, preparing our hearts for that coming. Um, and I think it's just remarkable to really reflect on that and to see it just littered on every page of the Bible. Just yeah, God's and people if, I mean, wait. Yeah, and if it hasn't been clear up to this point, I mean, what I would at least hope someone walks away from this conversation with, I hope they walk away with the idea that Christmas is, you know, obviously, obviously more than just presents and family. As <laughs> as fun as those things are, as much as you can love family, especially in the midst of a pandemic where maybe you're not able to see your family and be with them. Um, mm. But, you know, maybe the maybe this is even where the idea of giving presents, you know, giving is a big part of it, but also the expectation of what you're going to get. Um, but Christmas far exceeds all of that. It, I mean, we haven't even talked about what the incarnation means. I mean, we, we've had other episodes on it, what the incarnation means. Just go back and listen to um, any of those. But we, we're talking about like the, what is all baked into the meaning of this season, especially, but as you've said, the meaning of life and, um, my my hope is that that you now recognize that that waiting, groaning, longing, um, this expectation. My hope is that those things uh, begin to mark and character uh, characterize your life. Like I hope that you recognize um, even in those mundane moments, whether it's waiting in the doctor's office, whether it's waiting at a red light. Whatever it might be, like these moments can become so, again, mundane or insignificant or seem so trivial, um, but in reality can be a, a glorious reminder of, of the life that we live now, um, waiting for the glorious return of our king. Um, and I, do you, did you have much more that you were going to add or are we good to kind of wind things down? No, I think that's it. I think just, um, you know, we, we can wait on Jesus because and expect and we can wait on him and expect him um to come because he is he is true we can trust him and and we have our hope and and when our hope rests on that and rests in him it's not the empty hope that you know i i wish we had a different word for than hope you know um but it is the the hope that we know um we are waiting on someone who is going to fulfill their promises. And um, it's, I don't know, I think it's, I think it's uh, quite a special time Yeah. when we, when when we're able to take the time to sort of, um, and I, you know, life's busy. I'm not saying this is, you know, like 
every second of every day I'm just sitting here meditating on, you know, the hope of the resurrection. But when we're, when we are able to take the time to do that, I think it's, um, quite an important aspect of our faith to be able to rest our hope ahead on such a sure foundation as we wait for the long expected savior to come back. Um, and I'm really grateful for the time that we've, we've had, you know, in, in this episode to devote to this conversation as well as, um, just these few weeks as we, as we come up to the feast of, of, of Christ's birth. And this, it's just, it's amazing. So, yeah. Well, it's fitting that you mentioned come thou long expected Jesus, because, uh, that too is one of my favorite songs, especially in Advent season. Um, so I thought we'd close with just reading the, the words of that song and then closing with a, a, a word from um, Psalm 42. So, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, is it starts by, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart born thy people to deliver born a child and yet a king born to reign in us forever now thy gracious kingdom bring be thine own eternal spirit rule sorry by thy own uh, by thine own eternal spirit rule in all our hearts alone by thine all-sufficient merit raise us to thy glorious throne um, just such uh, beautiful words for a really simple song, um, but really beautiful. Um, so we'll close with a, a word of prayer, uh, as we always do. And this time it'll be from Psalm 42. Uh, in the CSB translation that I'm reading, it's titled Longing for God. So I felt that it was pretty fitting. So starting in verse 1, it says, As a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for you, God, the living God. When can I come and appear before you? My tears have been my food day and night. Well, all day long, people say to me, where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with many, leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. I am deeply depressed. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and the peaks of Hermon the Mount, uh, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your billows have swept over me. The Lord will send his faithful love by day. His song will be with me in the night, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about in sorrow because of the enemy's oppression? My adversaries taunt me as if crushing my bones, while all day long they say to me, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in so much turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can hit us up on Twitter at Doxology Podcast or email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, or episode ideas. You know what? While you're at it, why don't you tell us what you're reading? Because we always forget to tell you what we're reading. Um, <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate 
uh, you listening, before we head out, Jens, are you reading anything that you'd like to, to share uh, today? Yeah, why not? Um, so I'm, I'm reading quite a bit, but I think the, the one that's most interesting, um, I'm reading The Vision uh, by Tom King, which is a comic, um, which maybe it's surprising for me to share such a thing when normally it's you know something theological or whatever. Um, but this is, if you're familiar with the Marvel Universe, this is Vision, um, uh, of Vision and, and Scarlet Witch, uh, Wanda Maximoff or whatever. Um, but the Vision is like a, I think a 12, it, I have like the full set of all the uh, editions, but it's, 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 it's his story. I, I'm still trying to figure out when it takes place. I think it takes place um, after what we've seen in the movies, but it's, uh, it's telling the story of, of his family that he has. Uh, like he creates a wife um, named Virginia. He has Viv and Vin, his kids. Uh, and it's it's a really interesting story because um, all along it's it's more than just a superhero, you know, comic book. It's it's a it's a story about what it means to be human. Um, you know, these hybrid. Um, I forget the word that they use. They don't use robot, but like this hybrid um, synthesoid, I think might be what it's what it is. But you're it's half human, half robot, half whatever. But it's not fully human. Um, and so exploring. Um, as we as we follow these characters and they're deeply human experiences, but as people who are not human, who are sort of outcasts in society, who in their neighborhoods are dejected and despised and hated, um, it's really interesting. Like I, I, you know, again, comic books aren't just you know fun action and adventure, but they they tell a deeper, um, more profound story, one that I think Christians can can really resonate with. So that's that's what I've been reading. Nice, nice. Yeah, I haven't been doing a ton of reading. Um, I have been reading, uh, or at least trying to. There have been a few days I've kind of messed up, but I'm trying to read on the Incarnation devotionally throughout this Advent season, so I've divided it up into, you know, every day of Advent all the way up till Christmas. There's, you know, two or three sections from On the Incarnation by St. Athanasius to read, and it's been really cool. Like, um, I've... So I got a copy for Christmas last year and read it. So I, I read it like late December, early January, 2019, 2020. And then I read it again for class this past fall semester. And, you know, I read, I read most of it. I didn't read, I didn't do all the reading for, for that segment of the class, but I, I read most of it. But I was kind of reading it kind of fast to, to do for class. So to read it again, you, you know, I, I've read it, already this year almost twice and reading it a, a you know a, going through it a third time um but doing it so much slower i'm only reading two or three sections a day it's taking you know I, i'm i'm intentionally kind of doing it devotionally it's it's really cool to read it in such a different way um and I, you know there are a couple things i'm i'm picking up on that i didn't when i was going through it more quickly there's a couple things that i like you know i I already know like sort of the highlights, if you will, because I just, you know, a few months, you know, a couple months ago, read it for class and we talked about it for our class, you know, so it, it's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm just like, it's such an amazing work. If you haven't read it, um, that would be the place to start. If you want to start reading the fathers in general, but especially as we prepare for Christmas, it's a really fitting work. Um, since it's all about the incarnation, obviously, but, um, yeah, so I think just just I can't recommend that enough. And I, at this point, 
I wouldn't recommend, you know, I've been tweeting out every day the the sections to read that I'm reading. I wouldn't recommend jumping in the middle. <laughs> I'd recommend just starting to read it um, and not following my plan just because it's, it's just, it's, you got to read the whole thing. It's not super long, but it's great. Uh, if you haven't read it, highly recommend it. If you have, um, I'd recommend reading it again because it's just, it's, uh, it's really just an amazing devotional text as well as theological text, which is something that I don't know that I've really read very many things that could, I could say that about, <laughs> um, but both theologically and devotionally, it's one of the richest texts, you know, single books I've ever read. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I've, you know, I think the most significant thing that I've been reading. So, uh, yeah, on that note, again, thank you for listening and we will catch you later. Peace. Peace.